work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. Responsibility we feel towards the world, like questioning, challenging, say something. Raw and vulnerable and open conversation. That was the best part. Before you jump into the podcast, I want to invite you to join the conversation. For two years, we've been recording and sharing our lives with you, and we love doing that. And also, after two years, I realize my needs have changed, and I want more. I want to hear from more of you. So I've created what I call the conversation. It's weekly interaction, whether or not that's through a WhatsApp group or a live weekly group Zoom call. You can choose your level of interaction and it gives you a chance for you to share your story, for you to connect and learn, not only from me directly, but also with other people in your community. And that community is worldwide and you're all amazing. So uh, let's stop this one-way conversation and make it a two-way conversation. You can find a link in the show notes and there is also a way uh, to go to emerypodcast.com. You can find it there or if you're on Instagram, there's a link in our bio. Many ways to join the conversation. It's super reasonably priced for this level of learning. It's a range of $25 to $100 a month depending on your level and desire of engagement. So yeah, let's level up this relationship. <laughs> Thanks for joining the conversation and, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to Emory. <laughs> One more time. I beat you to it. You uh, did. <laughs> I'm going to be interviewing you today, so that's why I'm starting. Mm, I like it. I like it when you ask me questions. You're really good at questions. You are. Ever since I was a young kid, ever since I could talk, that's what was coming out of me. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> Followed by why and more questions. <laughs> it's a never-ending loop. <laughs> it's great. Continues to this day. I like your questions. Sometimes they really annoy me, in all honesty. Oh, yeah? <laughs> like, Damn it, Kyle, now I have to think about it. Shit. That's probably part of my intention. Yeah, I get that. So, yay, I'm, I'm here. I love it. Ask me some questions. So should we set the, the scene of where we are? Where are we, Megan? Oh, yeah. Where are we right now? We are in a beautiful little cabin at the base of a volcano, central Costa Rica. <laughs> We're in the mountains. We're in the mountains. It's beautiful. It's a rainy day. It's been kind of cl low cloud cover. We can't see the volcano. It's a little cooler. And yeah, we've been chilling here for about over a week already. Just you and I. How is this different from our typical living, our typical lifestyle, our typical way of life? I mean, usually you and I don't get this extended period of time together. Actually, I think this might be the longest. Mm -hmm. It might be the longest we've ever been together. You and I. We're still, we're still together. <laughs> oh, we <so>. haven't like <laughs> torn each other's heads off. Yeah, it's been really nice. You, our usual flow is more like we spend a night or two together and then, you know, back. So any given week, I might spend two nights with you, whether or not they're back to back or separated. And then the rest of the time at my place and you might pop over to my place for a night or two. I mean, we did live together last year for many months. True. So this is the longest period of time we've been together straight since then. Let's... True. Without my kids. Without your kids as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Without, yeah, without Marty or my without kids Marty. here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm really appreciative. I mean, the two weeks prior to us going out here, Marty was with his partner traveling around Costa Rica as well. And I was with the kids. The kids were in school and you popped by. Yeah, it's interesting. Marty and I are, and all of us are kind of testing out new combos of time and space. And 
stretches of being away from the kids. Yeah, it feels it feels different. Right. So that that's a good segue, which is this is the longest that you've been away from your kids, or this will be mm-hmm. the longest. I think ever. I think Marty and I took ten days and went to Mexico about three years ago. <laughs> what is the stigma behind being a mom and being able to take time away from your kids? Oh, where do we want to start? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think culturally, even though we've made so much progress in how women are viewed and women in the working world and as contributors to our everyday society, I still think that there is, yeah, some really big judgments and stigmas about women taking time away from, you know, from being with the kids. And even beyond practicing polyamory, I mean, I, (laughs) it was about four years ago and I was, I had a job of flying around the country working for an organization that was teaching leadership, doing leadership workshops for really big, like fortune 500 companies around the U S and so once or twice a month I would fly for three or four days and I would go lead these workshops. And, um, I remember getting questioned by, of course, men (laughs) when I was, uh, on the plane and I would describe what I'm doing and they're like, Oh, but you have kids, but who's taking care of your kids? And I'm like, they're with my husband. You know, like that was totally abnormal. You know, I could see the surprise look on their face and even honestly, some women as well, it was, it was like cognitive dissonance. I could see it happening like, oh, oh, they're with their dad. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just one small thing. And now add in this layer of you and I having a relationship and being away from the kids and Marty. And I've had to work through a lot of guilt too. And I feel like it's, it's a muscle that I've built up over time. And it started before I opened up the relationship. You know, it started at, as I was doing those workshops and my kids were just two years old and you know, I was gone for three or four days at a time. And it was such a mixed bag. You know, I felt so independent. I felt like I could feel myself again and feel my personal power. And I felt my own inner critic and, and judge and like, whip, like whipping me with my guilt of like, how dare you spend time away from your kids? You know, can you call yourself a good mother if you're away from your kids? So this has been years, you know, my kids are six and a half now. This has been years in the making to be able to spend a stretch of two weeks without them. Where do you think the beliefs about what a mother should be or, you know, that connection that you're making between having to be with your kids and being a mother, where do you think that belief comes from specifically for you? For me? Or, or many I, places. It could yeah. be many places. Yeah, I don't think it's one thing. To your point, you always say it's never one thing. <laughs> it's never one thing. It's, I mean, I think it's everywhere. I think it's in our media. I think it's the way that we still relate. We have really high expectations of women. Women can be in the workforce and be super mom and take the kids to soccer and do all these things. And it just, yeah, it's, I feel like there's really, really high expectations. And I totally absorb those for myself as well. And also because I want it, you know, I love the time with my kids. I love being a mom. I love seeing them grow. I love all that, but it doesn't mean that I can't also love the experience of myself creating, you know, as a creator and diving into what it is that I want to also do. And I can tell, I know my points of frustration. I know when I hit my limits of, oh my God, this has been too much time with the kids. Like I just can't, I start to become not the mom I want to be when I don't step away. And our, if anybody's listened to our podcast before, I've, I've said it again and again, where I'm a better mom when I get a little bit of time and space away. 
And I think that goes for any relationship. I really do. Not just, not just being a mom, you know, any role that we play in life, if we're constantly playing that role, we can get so absorbed into that identity that we forget that that's just a role. You know, that's one part of us, our multifaceted being. And I feel like I've watched you over several years now start to ask for what you want Mm. more. And (laughs) can you talk about that process of working through that and, and what's different between where you were before maybe not allowing yourself to ask for what you want or even want? I, I don't even think I knew what I wanted. It wasn't even a conversation. When you and I and Marty recorded that episode maybe two years ago, a year, year and a half ago, I don't know when it was, but it was around needs and wants and communicating them. And I just remember this aha moment. As Marty said, he's like, I've been guessing, you know, I've been trying to fulfill your needs without you having to ask for them for years. And I remember going, God, I don't even know what I want. I don't know how to identify that. And the work over the last year or so of the self-love journey has really, really, really helped me because I don't think I had a good clue of what I was feeling before. I didn't know how to check into my emotions. I didn't know that my emotions were, it was information telling me something and then how to translate that into something that I needed or wanted or an unmet need, especially. And our conversations, Kyle, I mean, it's been, it's been incredible. The conversations you and I have had over the year, this last year or two, and even asking, even asking, how do you feel (laughs) has been a big light shining awareness on needs that I didn't know that I had. I think allowing myself to step into those and seeing that I'm not the only one. I mean, there's women all around the world. I've now worked with over 70 women intimately, very closely. And it's it's a very common theme that we don't know what we want. And I would I probably put that out for men. I just haven't worked for, with men as closely as much too. I think we're really not connected. So I feel like the work that I've done and becoming emotionally literate, we'll call it, checking with myself and then really giving myself the space to admit to myself of what I want has been really powerful. And But then communicating it and asking for it, oh, uh, <laughs> that's been the work, you know, recently where it's like, oh, shit okay, can I ask for this? Because it's made me really dig into my own value, you know, my own self-worth. I have to be worthy in order for myself to vocalize a need. And that's been really hard. I mean, I remember even talking with Marty about getting, like having this time with you. And it wasn't like he was going to refuse that because, I, I mean, he's fair-minded and he's traveling with his partner for two weeks as well. I think it was really just the process of me asking for it, you know, to say, I really like, I really want to travel with Kyle for, I want this time, you know, I want two weeks. I want to, I want to go and experience that time. And I can feel like even in that moment, which was only what, a couple months ago, as we were planning, I felt kind of triggered in my body. It was like, God, who am I to ask for this? Am I okay? Am I being selfish? And I think those that's really been important for me to rewrite some of this narrative that I have about myself and what's okay and what's selfish and not, you know, what am I worthy of? Yeah. But I'm the only one really that can say that. I wouldn't have asked if I, if I couldn't get to that point of feeling like, (laughs) like this is a a fair, like I can stand behind this request. And I I joke with you a lot about momcations. This is like your, when you're with me, it's like a mom vacation. Momcation, yeah. What is this time 
this last week been like for you? Like, what have you, what are you focusing on? How are you using the time? What, are, what has been the challenges of you having this time and space that's different than your normal life and the kind of like, I would call the busyness of being a mom, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. the, the typical energy and time that you, that you focus on. What was the intention of this time for you? Let's start there. Yeah. Well, twofold. I think you and I having this time together to just be together without interruptions. I really enjoy this time a lot. I mean, it's healthy for our relationship. It's, and it's healthy for me personally. I, the other intention was to work on translating my self-love journey into an online experience. And I've been working on that. And also I've had to had, I've had to have conversations with myself on the amount of work that I feel like I'm supposed to, in quotes, get done in order for me to justify being here. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, did I do enough? Was I worthy enough today to justify me set as, setting aside this time? But that's, I've been quicker at identifying that. And I've been enjoying the work that I've been doing. I, I love my creative side. I really do. I love it. And I feel like it's been a little pent up, I think, over the years. And I think, especially recently where now I have a lot of a lot more clarity on what it is that I want to create. It's like I can't get it out fast enough. But then sometimes it's too fast and I, I want to slow it back down a little bit. So it's really just been getting to know this creative part of myself. Yeah, it was really helpful that I did right before coming here. I wrapped up my eight weeks of the creator circle with eight women, seven women from around the world. And we talked about our creativity and us as creators in our lives. And that's really framed, I think, this time a lot for me, realizing that it's not just about the doing, it's about when we be in this space, when I let my body calm down, when I allow myself to be present and look at nature and, and watch the ants carrying leaves, <laughs> that all of this, all of this is part of my experience. Of, and it, it's all valid. You know, it's not just about output. So as an openly married mom, what is your like status of financial sovereignty and what are your desires? Mm. Oh, you're like going to the heart. <laughs> okay. The status, the current status is that I'm not, I'm not sovereign. You know, I'm not currently sustainable to where I want to be. Like, yes, I've made money through Amory it continues to, and it continues to grow, but it's not stable. Like I'm not, I'm still very much dependent on Marty and his income. And it's, you know, how does it make you feel? Oh, not great, but it's not because Marty's not generous or sharing and providing for our family. You know, he is doing all those things and we have gotten to a place where all I have to do is ask to say like, Hey, I'm really low on my account right now. And can I have a couple hundred dollars? It doesn't feel great, <laughs> you know, and I've talked to other moms around the world, too, that are in this similar position. And every time we have to ask, like, <laughs> it doesn't feel great. You know, I want to I want the experience of myself being totally and completely financially sovereign. Like I want Marty to be able to cover our household bills and entirely 100 percent. And I want to be able to cover our household bills entirely 100 percent. You know, that's ultimately what I want, because that means if either he or I get into a position where we can't, you know, we can't earn an income for whatever reason, that the other partner has it 100 percent. 
you know, I, that would be in an ideal situation over a hundred percent would be great. <laughs> like, the, um, so that's where I want to get myself. And I have to realize that two years ago, I made this major switch of working for other people where, like I said, I was flying around the country and being paid really good money, you know, $1,500 a day to do leadership programs. And that felt really good. It was like, sweet, you know, just made $4,500 in three days. Like awesome. But that was not my content. It wasn't my words coming out of my mouth. It wasn't my energy. It wasn't what I was aligned with. And so now I feel so much more aligned. I mean, I love, I love, 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 love this work. I love how I feel putting my energy. I love how I feel with nobody telling me what I have to say or do every day. I fucking love it, you know, and it comes with this really heavy responsibility of like, I gotta, you know, I'm building up. And I think any new entrepreneur knows that in the first year or two, you're just, you're lucky if you break even, even, you know, it takes a little while. And I believe in this message so much. I believe, and I see what's possible where I get frustrated and I get really frustrated some days is feeling like what I'm doing is not valuable. And it's not because I'm not being reflected back to the people that I've been talking with or you or the conversations that we have or Amory podcast in general, you know, we get feedback all the time for our impact on people. And I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> it fuels me. And I would be lying if I said I didn't get a little pissed at where I feel like the general public is still willing to put dollars I get so frustrated when I see people pouring money into buying alcohol or into, we'll call it escapism, you know, outlets. I'm furiated. <laughs> like, I'm just so pissed because I feel like what what is really, really needed, you know, is this ability to go into our emotional body, to be with ourselves, to not escape into technology or, you know, other places where we put our energy and to value it, to really, really value it. Yeah. I carry a lot of anger still there with me. And I look around the world and I see how, how women aren't valued truly in extreme situations where people, where women and girls born into the world aren't given food until their brothers have eaten their fill, <laughs> which still are common practices in parts of the world, all the way through, you know, a stay-at-home mom that doesn't feel valued or experience her value of taking care of kids, which is the longest term investment that we can make as human beings. I feel like we're still so short-sighted on, and we're just so short-sighted in the world, you know, instead of valuing like the care that we're giving to raise human beings and the values that those human beings are raised with are going to be the next generation of actions. Yeah. I just, I still have a lot of fire in me, <laughs> a lot of fire that I'm toning down right now so that I don't go off the rails. <laughs> Who are the women that inspire you? Mm. Oh my God. I've been soaking up videos, you know, mm -hmm. um, I've been soaking up videos by this woman named Nasreen. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Sheikh Nas Nasreen Sheikh. She is a woman that was born on the border of Nepal and India and escaped. <laughs> I'll tell her short story and then I'll, we can put a link in the bio, uh, somewhere for, to share that. Yeah, she saw her aunt commit suicide or get murdered, actually. One aunt got murdered for speaking up in her small village, which was very male dominated. And she's she is the person that 
you know, she wouldn't get fed until her brothers were fed. And she saw an aunt commit suicide as well. She saw her sister get uh, married off at 12 years old <laughs> to, yeah, against her wishes. And then she saw her mom tell her, well, this is, this was my fate. This is your sister's fate and it will be your fate as well. And she said no, and she ran away. And then she found herself in Kathmandu in a sweatshop making clothes for two years. And at this point, she's only, you know, between nine and 11 years old. And she's got a great video on that. And again, if any, anybody was questioning where their clothes are coming from, this would be a really great video to watch. But she said no again to that as well. And at a young age, her little entrepreneurial spirit and her fighter spirit got herself some education from an American, I think, that happened to be in that village where she was or in that town. And she just kept like, she kept saying no to what was. She kept saying, no, that's not me. That's not for me. That's not my future. I choose something else. Um, and it's so inspiring to me because it's, to me, that's like the full creative spirit is saying no to what is and stepping into that world of possibility. You know, that world of like unknown and uncertainty, but saying, I know that there's something better and I will not stand for what is. And I love that spirit. I feel that evoke like a fire in me to say, I, I see what is. I see what's happening right now and I still say no, that there's something better and there's something more and there's something that feels more empowering in me and I don't want to keep dimming that light. So I keep looking for other women like Nasreen that haven't dimmed their light. And she talks about how people in her village think that she's crazy. They think that the narrative of her is that she's bad, she's crazy. They have a completely different narrative than I do about her. And I think that that's also the power of how we talk to ourselves, how we see ourselves, how we create stories about who we are in the world and how powerful and brave it is to create a story for yourself that is empowering instead of accepting the narrative of what you're doing is bad or wrong or crazy. Just like I could accept the narrative of me being away from my kids for two weeks as a mom is bad or wrong or crazy. No, <laughs> no, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. I, I know how I feel now. I know how recharged I feel. I know what I'm creating in the world. I know I want my voice to get more out into the world. And that requires some time. It requires some time away from my kids sometimes. And that's okay. What are your gifts, you Megan Batia? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle, I love you. And I love that you can ask me these questions. <laughs> the, que the, the stuff that I usually try to hide or keep to myself or that has been really hard to admit to myself. I feel like I had it reflected back to me yesterday, actually, that I I was told by a tour guide. I went and saw <laughs> I was on like a chocolate a cacao farm tour. And the guy within five minutes looks at me and he's like, I don't know what you do for work, but I feel like what you do is you make people feel safe. And I just stopped and I was like, OK, thank you. And wow. And what? what made you say that? And he said, well, you look at me straight in my eyes and you feel really secure. And that makes me feel secure, you know, and, and I can imagine that you create this safe space for people. And, and I love that. So I think what I do, and he recognized my energy. And again, I don't need people to validate me to come back for me to know these things, but I think it, it does give me a little extra oomph <laughs> mm -hmm. to say I'm seen in the world. So I think I, I, use my safety, my own personal safety that I feel in my body. And I feel like I bring that energy to people. And I feel like I create this space for people to step into and feel safe for themselves. And then it's kind of like a surrogate, you know, if people don't feel safe in themselves, but they experience being safe 
with me, then they get that feeling in their body and then they learn how to create that, that feeling for themselves. And I think I do that in one-on-one conversation. I think I do that in group conversations. I think I do that, yeah, without maybe without even knowing it anymore. But I feel like I give people the space to be themselves and to say how they feel is okay and the, learn how to decode that feeling. Yeah. Where did that come from? Did you learn it? Was it innate, intuitive inside of you all along? Mm. Both. I think I, I think it was me. My mom tells me stories of when I was in kindergarten where I would see somebody that was outside of the circle and I would get up from the circle and grab their hand and walk them to the circle and sit down with them. And of course, I don't remember, you know, this is kindergarten. And, but I think that's always been me. You know, I think I'm really attuned to when people feel left out or don't belong. I don't, I don't like that feeling myself. And I, I think I'm from a young age, I was willing to see that and pull people into the circle. And I think then I forgot it. <laughs> I forgot it. And then I felt like I didn't belong. So for a while there, it took, I lost it. You know, I kind of lost that sense through my twenties and thirties when I kind of gave up that inner fire in myself. And I, I took the narrative of, I need to make money and I need to do whatever people are willing to pay me for. And I can't just be me in the world because that's not safe. So I feel like I had to go through this process of unlearning all of those things I told myself. And so recently I'm coming back to that little spirit that I, I've had in understanding that how I feel and who I am is not wrong in the world and that that is a gift and I can use it. I can use it in ways that's really healthy and helpful for me and for other people. So full circle. We'll circle to that little Megan in kindergarten. Like, come, come sit, come be part of the circle. <laughs> I have two more questions. Okay. So thinking about, you know, we're at the end of the year and you're, it's kind of a reflective time if you want it to be. So what are you reflecting on from this past year and what are you integrating? And I just got emotional. <laughs> Oh, I'm just going to sit with this feeling for a minute. I love you. I love you. I just feel so seen right now. I feel so seen and so loved. And I really appreciate you asking me these questions. And I'm so grateful for myself to be able to speak out loud <laughs> and to say the things that I think I was afraid to say before, to recognize myself, to see myself. And if it got it just feels so good. So good. So I'm going to sit with that wave. And let it pass and then have you tell me that question again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you, what are you integrating? What are you processing that uh, you experienced mm. this last year? The journeys that you've been on, the things that you learned and experienced. Oh, this like coming back to me. I feel like I'm, I'm with me again and it feels so good. So good. I mean, you and I have been together for a couple of years and I've been with Marty for 20 years and I've been a mom for six and a half years. But really this last year, I feel like it came back to me and that primary relationship and that like seeing myself and feeling myself and integrating those parts of myself that I, I cut off or made wrong. Those feelings that I, I didn't know how to feel and I didn't know what they were telling me. I feel like I made space for those again. And in these quiet moments, like spending a week, a week here <laughs> next to a volcano, feeling so grounded. Yeah, I feel like I'm integrating pieces of me again. And it feels feels so good. <laughs> I want this feeling for everyone. 
I really do. I want this feeling of you are, you are not only okay, but you are beautiful just as you are. And, and there's more integration to be had, you know, and more of you to be discovered and loved. Yeah. That's what I'm holding in my heart right now. <laughs> feels great. And the last question is what are your dreams for the future? <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's next year or... Oh, I have so many. I have so many. I want to create more in-person experiences. I, I have loved creating the podcast. I've loved connecting with people virtually over this last year through the self-love journey. And I want to meet you all in person. <laughs> if you're listening to this, I want to meet you in person. I want to look into your eyes. I want to feel your energy. I want to exchange learning from who we are as beings that we don't even know that we have to share. And I feel like that's why in-person experiences are so powerful and I'm ready to build community. I see the world going in a way that I can understand, you know, technology has helped us a lot, but it's not the end all be all, you know, technology allows me to share my voice and be heard and felt in a different time and space. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's only a bridge to, to know that if we shared space in person, how much more learning and how many more things could we create together? I'm really excited for that. So I'm planning some retreats. We have the first retreat coming up in December. Um, right now it's a women's retreat and it's a small group of eight women, um, including myself. And that's in California. And I'm, I feel like that's just going to kick off a lot more in-person experiences. So I'm excited for in-person gatherings in Costa Rica. I'm excited for... To keep taking a stand for our own emotional and emotional well-being, mental well, mental health of everyone intuitively connecting to themselves and and healing and coming together in person and community to do that. Yeah, that's just the beginning. There's a lot more. <laughs> I have a bonus question just, that just came up. Awesome. So, and of course, I'm wrapped into it and it's kind of my mm -hmm. my perception and things that I hear from other women, too. But what would you say to other women that are in open relationships uh, or have kids and are in open relationships that don't feel like they can find someone else that would kind of integrate or, or connect to their life as it is, you know, as, a, as an openly married mom or, an, mm. or a mom in an open partnership or a woman in an open partnership that's just entering polyamory and, yeah. and might feel like, how is someone going to take this on mm. how is someone going yeah and I think maybe the mom part feels yeah. like a really big one for a lot of women uh yeah it's really easy to get into a martyr role there I've had to watch myself <laughs> and so the inner work is knowing is first right we're not gonna ever create or allow for an outward experience if we don't believe it can happen so sometimes the hardest work is actually even believing it can happen and believing it can happen requires us to break down any old beliefs of we're not worthy, that we don't really need it. You know, that can be the martyr story like oh, I'm fine without it. Yeah, it's doing that inner work first, because if we don't do the inner work first, all we're going to be doing, all our actions are just going to be fuel to prove our inner story. So if we believe that we can't have it, then we're going to keep taking actions and keep finding the outward evidence that, see, that's not available or that's not possible. I've had to catch myself with valuing myself 
if I keep looking to the outer world to tell me if I'm valued or if I believe that I'm not valued, I'm going to keep living into that story that who I am isn't valuable in the world. And my inner work is overcoming that story inward first so that I can take the actions and then create the experiences of where I am valued. And it's the same thing for moms and polyamorous, you know, who, who want to connect with people first have to believe that it's possible. And if you can't believe it's possible, then you know that that's your inner work first. And once you, once you do that, then you open up the space and, and then you, then you invite in whole new possibilities. You know, I, I think if, <laughs> if women aren't, I think watching the story of Nasreen actually, even though it has nothing to do with polyamory, I think she's a perfect example of saying no to what was and stepping into possibility and being like, nope, this isn't, this story is not for me. Nope, not mine. I'm going to go over here and just keep following that trail and following your intuition and following what you believe is possible. And then anything is. So thank you for answering all my <laughs> questions. And I also want to thank you for the impact that you've had on me and my creativity and my story and me being able to step into my expression. I've just mm. learned so much from you, especially through the podcast and doing this together. You know, that's something that I'm extremely grateful for as I look back over this year, which has been really incredible in, in the growth category of creativity mm -hmm. and writing and feeling comfortable podcasting, feeling comfortable <laughs> speaking and getting my ideas out and realizing that that was such a deep wound for me, such a deep source of, yeah, not feeling heard or seen mm -hmm. or good enough and and healing that what you know with your with your guidance with your support with your love i'm just super super grateful for that i love thank you so you. much thank you kyle <laughs> i have seen you grow so much and i've grown so much through our relationship and i'm so grateful for this and i'm so grateful for you asking me all these questions and allowing me to <laughs> i think we should do this more oh i love it <laughs> yeah thank you and thank you to any listeners at this point. If you're still listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are a part of this journey as well. And it's an honor. Mm. Thank you. Mm. I love you. Thanks for listening. Okay, just one more thing before you leave. I wanted to follow up because I mentioned having a retreat when I recorded this podcast. And um, that retreat took place in mid-December and it was amazing. It was more amazing than I could have imagined. And if anything, it just stoked the fire that burns in me to bring people together to have more experiences. I mean, we laughed and cried together. We had big revelations. It was, it was pretty epic. So I would love to create more of these experiences with you. So if that resonates with you, if you want to learn more, please reach out to me at Megan at MeganBatia.com or Megan at AmoryPodcast.com, either one, or you could just send a message on the Instagram account at AmoryPodcast. Uh, let me know if you're interested in joining the Aligned community. I would love to have you. I would love to be in conversation with you. That's it. That's what it is. Community is based in conversation and we live in conversations. So when we empower ourselves to be in the conversations that light us up, that challenge us, that grow us, that where we're influenced by people who are living lives that, that we admire, um, all of that we are influenced by. So please join us in community. 
we can, I think, make huge changes. And sometimes those happen little by little, just in weekly conversations. Sometimes they happen in big bursts in retreats. I'm up for all of it. Thanks so much. I love you. Bye.